Thank you for tuning into Sochcast. We hope you enjoy this uninterrupted listening experience. But before that, please do listen to these messages that come from those that support your favorite show. Raj Naik's talk show Fridays Live features high-profile guests from various walks of life who engage in a free-flowing and inspiring chat with him. Raj Naik's talk show Fridays Live features high-profile guests from various walks of life who engage in a free-flowing and inspiring chat with him. Good evening and welcome to Fridays Live with me Raj Naik. This evening I have with me a very dear friend. She's an actor, she's a producer, she's a politician, she's hosted shows, she's been judge on TV shows. I mean there's nothing that she hasn't done. She is my first guest from South India. Let me welcome Kushboo Sundar. Hi. Kushboo, thank you for being with me here this evening. A pleasure Raj, always a pleasure to be with you on any any board any platform. So I'll quickly tell you what the show is about. It's it's uh it's about uh, people whom I met in my life who've inspired mm-hmm. me some way or the other, whose journeys have been inspiring. and also some people whom i haven't met and those people will also be coming on the show it's not just that people whom i have met and uh, your journey has been very inspiring uh, you have done over 200 movies okay you and you had different things and what is amazing about you is that you also speak up you know you speak up on issues and things like that so i thought it will be great to have you on the show today so i'm going to start by asking you about your childhood where were you born um well <laughs> uh born and brought up in mumbai vira desai road andheri west that is where my home my official address was uh, for a very long time uh 16 years of my initial years to be precise so that was my address uh but then we moved to chennai in 86 so i'm more of a chennaiite now a more of a madrasi like the bombay wala would like to call us more of a madrasi and a true blooded madrasi for that matter and i love being a south indian now that's nice i mean so you're also an amchi mumbai person who's now in south india and yes. south indian who's now in mumbai <laughs> yeah. i'm uh, so okay quickly so uh, and what were, when did you start acting rather very young uh, i think uh, I was eight years old when I did my first film as a child actor. It was, uh, I mean, it was just uh, an accident where uh, uh, I was casted in the Burning Train by Ravi Chopra uncle, and it was um, Hema Malini ji's mother, uh, Jay Chakravarti ma. We used to call her Mummy ji. Uh, I I don't know. We used to be very regular at uh, Hema ji's place and uh, knew Hema ji. I used to watch her uh, do her dance rehearsals or her may do her makeup. so mummy ji one day asked me cinema mein kaam karega and i was like if they give me an ice cream a day yes why not <laughs> so she spoke to ravi chopra uncle and ravi chopra uncle made sure that i was given my uh, quota of ice cream every day and i grew up sitting on ravi chopra uncle's lap watching uh, you know all these stalwarts and that is how my journey has been that's very interesting and so what was your connection i mean how how is it uh, where were you did your parents have a filmy background or something like that no not at all not at all nobody is from films i think my uh, my older brother my first brother uh, he was uh, friends with uh, hema ji's nephew deepu 
and uh, i think that's how i used to tag along with my brother when he used to go and visit deepu and everyone so that is how i knew uh, mummy ji and uh, hema ji so uh, i think that that's all the connection was and uh, my my father was uh, he used to have a, sh- a shop uh, which used to do uh, stereo and television and radio repair so he was a regular person there to uh, do the, all the repair work of all these television sets and stereos and radios so i used to tag along with my dad also uh, to their place uh, because most of the time after schools i used to be sitting on the shop uh, and that is how uh, mummy ji saw me and i remember uh, hema ji's bungalow it had a very, very huge helicon staircase and then there were trophies right from the base right from the floor a uh, two floor high because it was double ceiling and right till the top uh, you know all her trophies and shields were placed there so it, i used to be very very fascinated because i used to start counting you know and then run on the first floor and then keep counting and by the time i would touch the second floor i would forget how many they were so uh, i i think it was very very fascinating for me to uh, see hema ji leaving for shoots or sitting there and eating so i think uh, it, it was very very fascinating so that's a beautiful story i mean uh, is the house still the same i haven't been to a house so i don't know is it the same no, house you're living in or it's no they have broken down the house now i believe uh, it is uh, hema ji and then isha and and i think all three different floors for different family members since they have their own families that is how it is now i haven't been to hema ji's place for a very long time because i keep meeting her when she comes to chennai but my childhood memories are those my childhood memories are me being at uh, natraj studios then there there used to be the one of the biggest studios natraj studios and i remember because i uh, i i used to be a, a pet to uh, ramanand sagar sir yeah. i have done couple of films as a child actor in their production so ramanand sagar sir anand sagar uncle prem sagar uncle uh subhash sagar uncle so they all used to be there there was to be youth studio and then the next to that used to be pramod chakravarti sir's uh, office and then eagle films uh, shakti samant uncle his uh, production office so you know the studio was filled with production and some shooting would always happen and i would keep hopping as as a kid i would keep hopping from shakti samant uncle's office to eagle films to pramod chakravarti uncle but most of the time i was hold up in anand sagar uncle's uh, office i used to be there seated with him and they would they used to keep feeding me with ice creams <laughs> so, um I, and any shooting that happened in natraj studio i would land up in anand sagar uncle's uh, office room so so tell me i mean uh, uh used to watch movies when you were young did you which was the first movie of hemamalini that you watched do you remember dream girl, dream girl. yeah i remember too i mean i was in boarding school at that time and we bunked and went to see the movie Yeah, I mean, of course, I uh, there were films like Shole was uh, made a huge impact on me. Uh, her character Basanti, uh, so you know the way she performed. Uh, but then I grew up on uh, Sita Gita. I grew up on Shole. I grew up on uh, Dream Girl, and I don't know how many times I would have seen Dream Girl only for that song, uh, Dream Girl. Kisi ke shayar ki nazar. Ah, kisi ke shayar ki nazar, meri Dream Girl. and i i don't know why because i you know the set the camera work and the way she looked and i remember you know in fact uh, subhash sagar uncle used to have a close up picture of uh, hema ji a, a black and white picture 
um, and he had framed it and kept it in his office. And she was perfect. I mean, her nose, her eyes, her smile, her teeth, her fingers, and they were just perfect. So I think that's where my fascination for her started. And I started, my first film was The Burning Train with Hemaji. My second film was Naseeb again. It was uh, with Hemaji. I was recommended by again Hema Malamiji. So, you know, it was like dream girl recommending a child artist. So that was a huge thing for me there. And you said your father was running a shop on, uh, on uh, TV and things like that. So yes. are you a little bit of an engineer yourself by now? Yes, I can do fix things. Yes, uh, I can fix um, but I mean, I can change valves, I can fix the tube lights, uh, I can fix a fuse, all those things. I, I used to sit and do soldering. So I am a little fascinated about it. So tell me about your family. I mean, how many siblings are you? I'm the last. I have three brothers older to me. I'm the last in my family, or the only girl. Okay. So uh, you're last and pampered, obviously. Yes. Uh, the brothers. Completely by my mom and my brothers, yes. Especially my last brother, this just an age difference of a year and a half between me and him. So we uh, we, we are more of friends. Uh, we literally grew up uh, in school days. I used, they used to call me that I am his dumchi. You know, I used to tag along wherever he went. In fact, so much that uh, when we started schooling, he was a year older to me in school. And uh, I, was in, I used to be in my class, but I would literally, um, you know, crawl out of my classroom and walk in, uh, you know, crawl into his classroom under his bench and keep hold his legs and keep seated there. <laughs> and the teachers came looking for me. So uh, that is how Dumchi I was. And I continue to be the same with him. They all are here. They all are here in Chennai. Oh, they all moved to Chennai, is it? They all moved, they're all based in Chennai. Yeah. And what did they do? Uh, my first brother doesn't work because he was very unwell in last year. Uh, uh, he was very, very critical. So we... Somehow, you know, we, we were very fortunate that we could revive him and he's back with us. So we do not allow him to work. My other brother works with me as my finance officer in my office. He has a family of his own. My last brother is into uh, restoring furnitures. Any old furniture he restores and uh, he does a lot of architect work. So they all are on their own. And uh, your parents? Uh, my mom is with me. Um, mom and dad parted ways. So I don't have very great memories or good memories about uh, my dad, not very pleasant memories about him. So uh, in fact, 86 is when we shifted to Madras. Uh, that's because he decided that uh, he wanted to be alone and uh, we were left to fend for ourselves in Chennai. So uh, since 86, um, I haven't seen him at all. I haven't spoken to him, I haven't seen him. So 34 long years and I don't regret it. I think I'm happy because my mother is with me. She lives with me. So we all live under the same roof. So I'm very, very glad that my mom is with me. I, I just uh, don't know how to react to this. Uh, but yeah, I know. I mean, I can understand what you must have gone through. So I don't want to uh, dwell on it more. Uh, so tell me, when did you get your first big break? Ah, okay. In South? Because, no, I mean, uh, in film. Because you started as a child artist, right? So when did you get your first big break? Um, was it in South or was it in Mumbai? Mumbai. Okay. Um, actually, I was uh, signed by Boni Kapoorji uh, to be introduced in Prem with Sanjay Kapoor. And, um, uh, you know, um, we did pictures with uh, J.P. Single Uncle and uh, Boni Ji actually enrolled me in horse riding, dance class and health club. 
everything. So I was training to be introduced properly by uh, Boniji in uh, Prem with Sanjay. But for some reason, the movie kept on getting delayed. Sanjay was not ready and they were not able to start the film. I was just 14 years old and my when he signed me, I was 13. So he was, wanted to groom me for two years. But uh, I think my dad was uh, the deciding factor and he wanted me to start movies immediately. So he, uh, uh, you know, spoke to Boniji and uh, we uh, came out of the contract because we had a contract with Boniji. So we had to make it null and void. And then he started signing films right, left and center. But despite that, I think my biggest offer uh, was, my biggest film was uh, Jan with Jackie. Jackie Shroff, yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I was very excited because, uh, you know, working with Jackie, he being such a big star, and he agreed to uh, play the lead despite knowing that, uh, you know, it was more of a heroine-based subject. But uh, Jackie was uh, very, very understanding and very nice of him to have agreed to play that role. And uh, <clears throat> great memories we had about that film. So Jan unfortunately, didn't do well. Uh, me and Govinda, we started our careers together in Tanbadan. Uh, so that was Govind's first film. And uh, but, uh, somehow, again, uh, the films were not doing extremely well. The film which did extremely well was Mary Jung and I played Anil Kapoor's sister. So <laughs> Bombay was like once a sister, always a sister. Yeah. So playing a lead, the films didn't do well, but playing a sister to Anil Kapoor, the films did well. And the song, uh, Bowl Baby Bowl, Rock and Roll was a huge hit. So then everybody wanted me to play a sister and I'm not, I was not game for that. And of course, uh, since dad was a deciding factor, uh, some wrong choices of the films were made by him because uh, I think it was more about financial uh, status for him, not about the movies. He, he wanted to know that how much a producer would pay. So he was looking into it as a financial aspect, whereas I was looking at making a career. And uh, there were very uh, uh, big films uh, coming my way it's like uh, with Rishi Kapoorji, uh, I was to play the lead in Naseeb Apna Apna, which he didn't do it. Then there was another film with uh, Rajni Kanji when I was in Bombay. And he didn't want me to do a film, uh, that film. So I missed out on those couple of big films because uh, he was not compromising on the financial aspect. So missed out on those films. But uh, 86 is when I did my first Telugu film because I knew... Uh, Hindi wasn't working out for me. I was not getting very good offers. And uh, dad was being very, very adamant about the kind of films I do. So when I when I said yes to do a Telugu film, uh, dad was against it, dead against it, that I shouldn't do a South Indian. But then, And you went on to rule, I mean, uh, for many, many years. Yes, I think that was the best decision of uh, my career. Because when I decided to do uh, Kaliyuga Pandavlu, my first Telugu film. Uh, I, for me, it was like Venki was being introduced in the film, and it was Venki's first film, and you know, uh, it was produced by Suresh Productions, D. Ramanaidu, directed by K. Raghavendra Rao, who introduced Sri Devi to Mumbai, so uh, Priya in Mumbai, and you know, the, the number of hit films he had given. So for me, the the catch point was it's a huge production. Uh, production house. Uh, the director was one of the greatest directors. And uh, since they were introducing their son, launching their son, I was very sure that they will make sure that the film is made in uh, the production values in every way. The film will be the best of quality. So I didn't want to miss out that chance. 
So I said, I am doing it. And I did Kaliyuga Pandavu, my first Telugu film. And now you've worked in almost all South Indian languages. So when you moved to South initially, was language a big problem? Yes, it was a big problem. I didn't know uh, the language at all. None of the languages, whether Telugu, Tamil, Kannada, Malayalam. I, I didn't know any of the South Indian language. Um, but then, uh, I mean, if you're here, you need to, if you have to survive, then you have to learn. Be a Roman when in Rome. Yes. So how many languages do you speak now? Do you speak all the South Indian languages or it's just... I speak seven languages. Which are the seven languages you speak? Tamil, Kannada, uh, Telugu, English, Urdu, Malayalam. Marathi, of course. That's amazing. That's amazing. You know, one of the things is, uh, I think you're the first actress in whose name they built a temple. <laughs> and then I've heard about uh, Kushbu Idli and Kushbu rice cake and Kushbu jumkas and Kushbu saris. I mean, is, is it still there? I mean, is all these things still exist? I mean, I've, it was a big fad at one time. Yes, of course. Uh, I'm still known for my jumkas. I'm still known for my saris. Um, I mean, I, I think it's just, just uh, you know, a phase of your career where you see everything you, 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 where you, you're loved so much that people go to the extent of building a temple and putting you up on a pedestal and worshipping you. Uh, in fact, that actually, uh, you know, scares you at times uh, because you do not know if you're going to deliver what they're expecting. The expectations are so high. And I believe it's a circle of life. Whatever goes up will definitely come down. So for me, uh, keeping up to that expectation uh, was very, very difficult. But yes, my kids, I mean, for a very long time, my daughters didn't know that uh, uh, I was a big star. I was a very well-known star because when they were born and they were growing up, I had cut down on films completely. I was just doing television and that too at my comfort level. And uh, after that, I mean, when they grew up, they saw me as a normal mother, uh, you know, making them, uh, uh, making breakfast for them, taking them to school or bringing them back from school, sitting with their homeworks, all of that. Um, but unfortunately, uh, you know, like we, we were out and a uh, couple of fans came over and they jumped and they were like, uh, they were so excited. They fell at my feet and my daughters were completely startled. <laughs> they called that guy and said, why are you falling at my mother's feet? Why are you taking a photograph? Why are you taking a autograph? And uh, they were like, oh, your mother is a big star. So I mean, like, they looked at me and they said, are you a big star? And they looked at me, no, 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 you're mistaken. My mother is not a star. She's my mother. She's not a big star. It is somebody else. <laughs> but <laughs> children are honest, you know, they, they don't hide anything. Yeah, no, I, in fact, you know, me and my husband, we have, as a policy, we don't have a single shield or a trophy at home. Uh, we don't keep anything. Everything is at the office. We don't keep anything at home because we wanted them to have a very, very normal childhood uh, with two celebrity parents, both mother and father, successful and celebrities. We wanted them to have a very, very normal childhood, not to see these awards and trophies and get carried away. So I think uh, that was very important for us. And uh, what are your daughter's names? You have two daughters, right? Yes, my elder one is... She will be 20 this September. Wow. Uh, her name is Avantika. Okay. And the younger one is 17 plus. Uh, her name is Anandita. Anandita and Avantika. Beautiful. Yeah, actually, full name is Trishala Avantika. And the younger one is Anmol Anandita. Wow. Such lovely mm -hmm. names. And what does 
Avantika and uh, Anandita. Anandita. What does it mean? Uh, Avantika is basically about a princess of Ujjain when uh, uh, Lord Krishna was there. So okay. it's about the princess. So since she was born first, she was a princess to us. And uh, I wanted something to start with A because in school, I wanted her name to be in the first row, not, you know, like my name. Uh, it's my real name, Nakhat. So it's like way towards uh, in between, somewhere in between the in the role. So that's why we wanted to start with A. So Avantika and Anandata the, means someone who brings joy. And Anandalan. And, yeah. and then they both stay with you? They both stay with you? Yes. Uh, they both, right. the younger one has finished her 11th. Uh, so she's waiting for her results. And they've already started 12th online cl classes. The elder one studies in London, actually. Uh, she was at Cordenbleu. Uh, doing her culinary, but because uh, just before the lockdown, she had fractured her foot, uh, so we had to bring her back. So she has been here since then, uh, and she missed out on her complete uh, uh, academic year because of a fracture. Because the final exams were supposed to happen then, but we are glad that she is here with us during this pandemic. Of course, of course, yeah. So, but she's waiting. We have a home in London, so she's waiting to go back and spend time, which she thinks that. She's very attached to that play and she says that, uh, you know, since she's independent, she says that uh, it, it's, it's a chaotic work. Uh, she has a term for that. She says something. It's, it's a very, uh, she's saying it's chaotic, but it's perfect for me. So these kids, that's how they are. I have a phrase which I always keep saying is there's always in imperfection, there's poetry, you know. Yeah. It's the same, same something similar. So... Yeah. Have they shown any inclination towards uh, acting or the they, film? They both have uh, their father's uh, genes a little too much. They both write very well. Okay. Um, they both uh, sketch very well. Um, and they both are tall. Like my uh, older one, Avantika, is 5'11". And uh, my younger one is 6'1". Six, uh, six wow. Uh, my husband is 6'2". plus. So I, I, I am I'm the elf at home. <laughs> midget so when we want to take a family portrait like I go completely missing it's only the, <laughs> and then they have to place a stool for me so that I can stand up on that and but you haven't <laughs> you didn't mention anything about uh, your husband I mean where did you meet how did you meet oh, it's, actually um, he was directing his very first film and I was playing the lead and uh, we fell in love while making the film his very first film very bold of him isn't it Sorry, very bold of him. And uh, he told the unit guys that uh, halfway through the shoot, because those days, 25 years back, uh, used to shoot, go for an outdo and shoot at a, at a stretch, 40 days at a stretch. You finish the film and you come back. That is how we used to work. So uh, halfway through the film, uh, he wanted to tell me another subject. And uh, he used to come to my room, tell me a script till the interval. Then he said, rest, I'll tell you tomorrow, ma'am. And you would go back. Then the next day he would come and again tell me a script from scratch and come till the interval and say, ma'am, I'll tell you next, tomorrow. Uh, there's something to improvise. And this went on for three days. And then the fourth day I told him, I said, listen, you don't want to tell me a script post uh, break, uh, interval. Please don't come. <laughs> you better tell me what is going to happen after interval because enough, I've heard the script uh, thrice. Interval the soon and after that I want to know what happens next. So kal pakkam is ma'am. And in the meantime, he went and told the unit members that uh, he was in love and he wanted to propose to me. And uh, the unit was very young, you know. Uh, the artist, of course, it was myself, Jairam, uh, a very uh, great actress, uh, Manorama Achi, uh, 
and a lot of other actors were there known well known actors uh, but otherwise the unit the cameraman the director the producer was a first time producer so it was a very very uh, nice unit so we used to keep playing cards or keep playing cricket or uh, you know uh, keep sharing music those kind of things he uh, went and told the unit members that he, uh, he is in love and he wants to propose and everyone else in the unit like the cameraman the, the photographer they said pagal hai tu jab tu pitega aaj teri pitai hone wali hai either the movie is going to get stuck halfway through <laughs> or she is going to walk out of the film dono mein se kuch ek hone wala hai tu pitega ya picture aadhe mein band pad jayegi he said nahi lekin agar abhi nahi to fir main kabhi nahi bol paunga try karna chahiye then he had the guts to come actually we were sitting and talking he came to my room and my aunt was with me and my aunt said that uh, she always used to travel she said beta she is on the terrace so he came on the ter- came to the terrace and we were generally talking and uh, out of the blue he said um, when we have children who will they look like <laughs> and i was like what he said no tomorrow when we get married we will have children so who will they look like you or me and i'm like uh, excuse me are you trying to propose me and he said oh i have to propose all that is i don't know i've never done this before he said okay but just imagine there's a rose in my hand and he went on his knees and he said will you marry me and um oh that was I, so nice yeah but so you romantic know, i didn't i didn't take time i just looked at him and i said yes um uh, there was something very very honest about him because um, he was not talking about you know uh, let's understand each other let's get uh, let's get to know each other fir kal kya hoga sochenge dekhenge he was talking about a family together you know at the very start so there was something very nice about him so i immediately said yes and here we are it's been more than 25 years since we have been together officially yeah god bless yeah before that we were together for 5 years so life is great Uh, you, we can actually make a movie on your love story. <laughs> Write a script. This is such a beautiful story. How yeah. the director on his debut gets to marry the lead actor. <laughs> But you know, Raj. I mean, everyone said that this relationship will not survive even for a year. Ek saal bhi nahi jodi rahegi. They will break up. Of course, we have had a fights. We broke up. We came back together. Nobody, even when we got married, nobody gave us even a year. They said, "Ek saal mein chudi aayega." Inke, inki jamegi nahi. Because we are poles apart. Poles apart. Uh, I, I am complete. Uh, you know, South Pole is a complete North Pole. I mean, we are such pole apart. Yeah, but opposites attract, right? Completely, I agree to it. And when I see my husband, I'm like, "Why did I fall in love with you? We, we don't have anything in common." <laughs> but i think uh, love is blind and uh, i must say he is the most wonderful thing that has ever happened to me my the best decision of my life was i said yes to him same thing with me and my wife we are poles apart but uh, you know but like i said opposites attract it's 30 years and we have been married so and yeah. two daughters same thing we also have two daughters you know actually that's the best thing about it i mean what you like your partner won't like but yet you're together yeah we have we are silly things like the ac in the room you know i mean she likes she's like it sleeps like an eskimo she wants it cold and i want i don't like it too cold so but but we manage and we survive yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like we are eating something and I, i i i will be like wow kitna tasty and then i look at my husband he'll give me a, uh, he'll be giving me a look so you don't like it na he's saying na i said no wonder i like it <laughs> 
And you, uh, do you have a pet? Oh, we have. We had five. We lost two. Uh, but we still have three pets at home. We all pet lovers. So uh, we lost two of our German shepherds and uh, we also lost our pug. Uh, so all they were with us for like 14 years, 15 years. Very tough. It's very tough when you lose them, yeah. We have a Dachon, Snoopy. He's the old man now. He's nine. And we have a Labrador. Uh, he is uh, four. And he is my elder daughter's uh, pet. I mean, he sleeps with her. He is all over her. And he literally sits and starts crying if she's packing her bags. So so when she goes to London, then who looks after him? I mean, you all are there, of course. Yeah, but still. Come in. He will stay out. He'll come up, look at me, play with me, have his calciums. He'll go back, sit outside the house. He won't come inside the house. He'll come, look, go to her room. Go into the bathroom, check if she's there, she's not there. He'll sit, cry for a while, and then go outside the room. Then we have a golden retriever who's two years old. And my husband, though we name him Kulfi, my husband calls him Tsunami. <laughs> He's a brat. He can't be quiet in one place. So, so he will be here, right here, trying to see what I'm doing. He'll be all over my place. So you have Kulfi, you have Snoopy, and what's the third one? Leo. 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 So they have, they're like Snoopy Sundar, Leo Sundar, Kulfi Sundar. They all have accounts. They have Instagram accounts. Oh, I should get my dogs to follow them. Both my, uh, my dog, Meredith, uh, she's got an Instagram account. And my grandchild, my daughter's dog uh, in the US, Golden Girl Mila. She, uh, so I'll get them to follow them. And they can Actually, follow I have one uh, German Shepherd, but she's at uh, our farm, I mean, our beach house. Her name is Nila. Nila, okay. My daughter. Nila, how do you Nila means, uh, Nila ka matlab, Tamil mein Nila ka matlab hota hai chand, the moon. Chand, okay, okay. So we call her Nila, but she's at the beach house. But she's my pet. I mean, I keep talking to her over video calls and I'm literally, I've not been able to see her for the last four months. Oh, and I'm okay. so sad that four months I've not been able to see her. She's grown so much. Uh, and she, I keep talking to her over, uh, you know, these video calls, and she keeps reacting to me. She yeah, says they, keep, they keep shaking their. No, she says yeah. Their ears go up, yeah. And she has the sharpest ears. They go straight. German, <laughs> she absolute straight. One long face, and then her ears are like this, and the twing, 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 twing. She keeps doing that. Yeah. It's a pleasure, especially you know, unconditional love, and that's in these kind of times. Having them around, I, I I can't I can't even think what would I have done at home if Meredith was not there. You know, because beyond a point, you need they are big stress busters. Yeah, total stress busters. So when did you decide to get into politics? I decided to get into politics sometime in two thousand seven. Was it something that was on your plan, or it just happened? No, in fact, uh, from. Many parties kept on asking me to get into politics, but I was not keen because I thought politics is not my cup of tea. Uh, but then I had a problem in 2005, uh, which of course I won the cases uh, in Supreme Court in 2010. But uh, sometime in 2007, you know, uh, I started wondering that somebody like me, who's strong, who's successful, who's financially stable, could go through so much of problems. Uh, where people do not understand. And there were two political parties who wanted to, uh, you know, get a name for themselves, wanted to prove that they're the saviors of uh, Tamil culture and Tamil Nadu. So uh, 
kind of problems I faced, what if it is any other common person? I'm sure no other woman would have been able to handle the problems the way I did. What exactly were the problems? I mean, can you elaborate a bit? Yeah. A column for India Today in 2005. And the cover story was about uh, HIV AIDS, where in Tamil Nadu, then in 2005, Namakkal was one district where uh, we have a lot of these truck drivers coming in and going. Namakkal was the uh, epicenter of uh, HIV. And how women, uh, you know, in those areas, it was they, the, the disease was transmitted by the, by the men, but the women were blamed and they were thrown out of the houses. Because if the woman was infected with HIV, if she was positive. So I was writing a column saying that how you have to take a lot of precautions if you are involved in premarital sex or if you are going to a sex worker. You have to save yourself not only from HIV but any kind of sexually transmitted disease and you have to protect yourself. You have to use a condom. And it was a column which I was writing. And uh, political parties, being political parties, uh, they uh, picked it up saying that I said uh, women of Tamil Nadu are not pious. So I said, listen, this. They story. twisted it, yeah. They twisted the whole thing out of context. Yeah. And when I said that if you're involved in premarital sex, they placed it saying that uh, I, I said it was fine to indulge in premarital sex. So, uh, I mean, there were like 46 cases filed against me in Tamil Nadu for the same charges. And uh, 23 of them were quashed here. 22 of them were quashed here uh, by the high court. But then for the rest of the 24 cases, I had to go and knock at Supreme Court's door. So I fought the cases for five years. It's only from 2005 to 2010. Uh, I fought the cases. And finally, in 2010, April, um, Supreme Court actually quashed all the cases. And it came on very heavily on, those, on these uh, people who had filed the cases against me. So this journey actually made me think that probably if I have a, a political platform, I'll be able to voice my opinion and will be heard more. But then I was very sure when I spoke to my husband about it, my husband was like, if you join any political party and if you win the cases, they're going to say that you had used the power of being in a political party. You win your cases because this is your battle. You win the cases and then join the political party you want to. So I waited from 2007 to 2010. Three years I waited. I won the cases and only then I went and joined DMK. That was your first... Uh, obviously, it's a local party. It's a... In fact, uh, you know, I was doing a lot of shows for Jaya TV and people thought uh, that I, I will be joining AIDMK. So I took everyone by surprise when I joined DMK. Why did you choose DMK at that time? I don't know. I've been living in South for so long. I, I thought that Dr. Kalingir was a much better leader. Uh, you know, he could take a decision. He was accessible. People could reach out to him. And watching both the governments for 36 years, I mean, I mean, 36, seven, uh, uh, 34 years, I've been watching uh, both AIDMK and DMK government. I always thought the DMK government did a much better job than AIDMK. And over a period of time, uh, Madam Jayalalitha had become um, very arrogant and, you know, it was all about her. So I, I somehow didn't appreciate him. Even the people around her were like trying to dictate terms since I was working in JRTV. I was doing shows for them. Uh, so I could sense it. I could feel it. So I didn't want to be part of that atmosphere. 
So I I joined DMK. In fact, when I uh, went to meet Dr. Kalingar, uh, when I wanted to join the party, I told him that I want to meet you. He said, please come. I went and met him and I spoke to him. I didn't tell him. He was he was a CM. I didn't tell him that I wanted to join the party. I just told him that I'm planning to come into politics. So then he gave me, uh, you know, all the do's and don'ts and, you know, uh, the way you have to conduct yourself being in political uh, party, any political party and what politics is about. It's not a bed of roses. There are going to be a lot of humiliations. There are going to be a lot of uh, uh, barriers. There are going to be a lot of hurdles. You need to be really, really thick skinned. And what are the norms, how you speak on the stage, it's completely different than what you talk normally to people. So, you know, he was explaining it to me. And then finally, he said, so uh, you're going to join AIDNK because that's the impression everybody had. <clears throat> so he laughed and said, see, you're going to join the other party and I'm, going, I'm giving you all the uh, lessons here. And I said, no, I am joining your party. And he was, he was like, what? I said, yes. He's saying, I was always under the impression that you are an AIDMK sympathizer. I said, no, I, I really like Madam Jayalalita being a woman. I really appreciate the way she has come up uh, in her life and she has acquired a position. But when I look at it politically, I don't think my ideologies are going to match that party's. My ideologies are more with your party. And that is how I joined uh, DMK. And uh, then you made the switch to... Yes. Everybody keeps asking me, why did I quit uh, DMK? And I always say that uh, nobody is going to gain anything by, you know, trying to figure out why I quit DMK. Just that my mom, mom taught me that if you feel there's no respect in particular place, move away. So that's what I thought. And uh, I thought that my integrity, my respectability was far more important uh, than anything else in this world. So I, I quit DMK. I waited for six months. Um, and then I joined Congress. Yeah, you are one of the most articulate spokesperson for the Congress party. Thank you very much. Yeah. I'm glad I'm part of that party because there's so much of democracy. Um, I, in fact, people thought I am making the wrong move because I joined DMK after 2014 elections when our Honorable Prime Minister Narendra Modi ji had one major uh, BJP had come to power, and uh, uh, I mean Congress had. They thought Congress is a sinking boat. And they said, why did you jump into a sinking boat? I said, it's not about sinking boat. It's about what your ideologies match and what you believe in. I was, I, my schooling, I was brought up with the complete ideologies of Nehru and Mahatma Gandhi and uh, Subhash Chandra Bose and all the other leaders we have read about and studied about in our school times. Um, so my ideologies have been with Congress. I have been, uh, when we were in Mumbai, I have seen my entire family um, voting for Congress. So uh, it, it's been with me. I have, I've seen Sushil Kumar Shindeji when he was uh, you know, part of the Juhu area. He was, uh, I, I don't know what uh, position he was in, but I used to see Sushil Kumar Shindeji there in Juhu. Uh, and I grew up on Indira Gandhi. I grew up on Rajiv Gandhi. So that stayed with me. So it was very, very natural for me to make a switch to uh, Congress. So tell me, who are the women leaders who have inspired you? Okay, I it may sound cliche, but I think the one leader who has inspired me the most was, of course, Indira Gandhi. Um, uh, Iron Lady, uh, with all the wrongs and the rights, what uh, Margaret Thatcher did. I still appreciated Margaret Thatcher because I thought she was one of the strongest women leaders we had ever seen. Uh, 
um of course i have always appreciated jayalalitha as a woman um when you look at her history from where she started from movies to relationships then the uh, the humiliation before becoming the party head in aidmk all that she went through and then finally coming to a position where men are in awe of her and they literally fall at her feet you know yeah. uh, and nobody dares say a word when she is around i mean it takes a lot for a woman to bring herself to that position so i've always admired her for that and um, of course very recently i think uh, when you look at uh, new zealand uh, uh, prime minister jacinda arena uh, i think uh, she is one person who is again she she's not uh, scared to show her emotions it's yeah. about breaking into a jig it's about showing her emotions getting angry or a tear or a laughter uh, or a joke in the times of crisis she shows it all so i think uh, uh, the, these women really really inspire me she's uh, she's as real as you can get you know i just read recently that she and her husband went to a restaurant and it was full because of the social distancing and they were turned away you know i mean i mean just imagine something like that in uh, in akan they don't take that as an insult yeah so that was the best part in fact i, I was looking at one video where um, i think um, uh, boris johnson was uh, somewhere and uh, somebody's uh, you know lawn and this man walked out of, of the room and he said can you please step out of my grass and i too i saw it too and yeah. he apologized yes and uh, he said sorry and then they moved away so yes. nobody takes it personally you know they don't have these stars at uh attached to them where they carry as, as as a baggage that they have to be treated differently because they are the prime minister or because they hold a powerful position in our political uh, field in the country do you see something like that ever happening in our country i doubt raj because the thing is uh, our leaders are made on uh, power of people where they start worshiping them that becomes difficult then that's why uh, i i don't want to sound political but i'm sorry but that's why you say blind bhag they they uh, you right or wrong they just follow you blindly i mean even with congress with my own party i say that if you're wrong please accept you're wrong accept the criticism we don't have to be uh, speaking about everything because we are in opposition opposition does not mean that you have to oppose everything and uh, because you're in power does not mean that everybody has to say yes sir to you to you i mean we have to learn to take criticism which unfortunately we feel that if we are in a powerful position if we are elected by the people then you can rule the world then it's everything has to be yes sir yes ma'am kind of an attitude and immediately you see you'll have 10 people around you all that you know to do uh, odd works or jobs for you so i think we we need to learn to be as real we don't become real we become there's so much of unbecoming your own self that you get carried away which you know unfortunately doesn't i don't see it happening in uh, india we did see it when there was a very great leader in tamil nadu uh, called kamrajan uh, the, uh, the man who actually changed the complete outlook of politics in tamil nadu when congress was ruling tamil nadu he was the last uh, congress cm of tamil nadu so i think you know uh, the way kamrajan a chief minister like him when somebody would tell him that uh, we can build a party office and it's going to cost you 5 lakhs and he called uh, the collector and he said Uh, how much will it take to build a school they said sir was somewhere on 3 uh, lakhs he said okay add another 2 lakhs and make a school i don't want an office i'm fine an attached roof uh, uh, office room i don't want it and a, and a cm like him when he died he just had two pairs of dhoti two pairs of kurta 
one pair of chappal with 134 rupees in his pocket and nil bank balance yeah. they don't need those leaders anymore i i hope there are many more people like you who think this way politics can change and we need uh, we need more authentic people and let me tell you something let me tell you a small story uh, small incident uh, five days back i messaged kushbu saying you know we have this call happening on friday so can you connect me to your secretary or can you connect me to your social media person and she said i am my social media person and i am my secretary tell whoever you want to tell to connect with me or you can reach out to me directly you don't there's nobody i am the person and that's how real you can get and kushbu i mean I'm, i i thought the people should know this because that's who you are and uh, i saw a tweet from you you spoke about that father and son who were brutally brutally trashed by the police in tamil nadu and you always been speaking up where did that courage come from where where does it come from i think your own struggles when you fighting your own demons you you know the courage comes in uh until unless you don't speak the truth i don't think i'll be able to sleep well for me it's very important that i i have a peaceful sleep when i uh, go to sleep so if there's something which is disturbing me and if i don't voice my opinion on that uh either with with lot of honesty and integrity i i don't think i can i can sleep well uh yes the uh, death of father and son in police custody disturbed me a lot because in today's time we still see these kind of things happening and we talking about progressive world i think off late we have been moving into a regressive mode there's no progression uh and you know the the thoughts the mindset we still have uh, honor killings we still have uh people talking about uh you know black and white people talking about racism people talking about caste and religion where are we heading is what my mind says are we not supposed to leave everything behind even after so many years of civilization we are still talking about color world over we saw what happened in us i mean we all speak up when there's one uh, when elephant who died un- unfortunately uh, a pregnant elephant uh, we all spoke up we all speak up when something happens but when a brutality of this uh, level happens we all want to be politically correct we all want to you know hide because you don't want any trouble invite any trouble you never know how it's going to change they might change it into a political uh, uh, clash or they might change into a very casteism clash so uh, these things keep happening so i you know you know uh, and and, it, and let me be very honest it does happen in tamil nadu we see it every day in the newspapers we keep getting to read about it so uh, i thought it was very important that i speak because uh, losing one family member you know a, a father is a big blow to people and here you um, you know a, a wife loses a husband a mother loses her son both at the same time two earning members of a family and they go they have been arrested the charge sheet uh, they have not been proved guilty yet they don't come back alive they die in police custody yes there has to be inquiry the, the the people who are involved who no influence no political influ- influence should work here i think the guilty should be punished immediately so uh, we are running out of time so uh, it's so nice speaking to you i want to ask you one uh, thing in today's gloom and doom world if you have to give out some positive message uh, to bring in some positivity in this world what are the things you would like to say stay strong first a uh, very simple policy of mine which me and my husband we both follow in times of crisis just remember this too shall pass 
nothing is permanent even your problems are not permanent uh, i must say uh, sushant singh's uh, suicide was very disturbing because here you had somebody who had everything going well for himself and suddenly he is not among us so i couldn't sleep uh, you know uh, for a few days and my husband said why you don't you didn't even know him why is it disturbing you so much i said i don't know this is something which disturbs me because you just can't you know take your own life life is to be celebrated life is and you can celebrate life only if you see the ups and downs only if you see the 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 uh, the fun of roller coaster ride you know only then the minute you go down only when you're going up there there's a thrill in it so uh, why do people take such decisions uh, you know so that disturbed me a lot so all i want to tell people is life is beautiful just work a little harder to make it beautiful and enjoy every moment of your life all the lows as you enjoy all your ups and it's just that you have to work a little harder to spread love positivity happiness and if not sympathy at least show some empathy there's one question kushboo i want to ask you before you go this is i ask all my guests what does happiness mean to you how do you define happiness and if you had to say three things that uh, makes you happy what would that be uh for me happiness is all about life i love life and i love living my life to the fullest with all is uh, its ups and downs lows and backfalls um for me happiness is struggling my way back up to the top happiness to me is my family my friends uh and happiness to me is i'm always smiling my husband says i smile even when i'm sleeping yeah that's true and you got the most beautiful smile you know Thank you infectious so, yeah i i think i think that is what happiness to me is i every every uh, yes of course there are moments when i'm very low but then uh, it's very easy to bring me back i i get uh, happy immediately one talk one word or i just have to think about my daughters and i'm like mm, smiling again so i think uh, i am just a very happy person and and you just mentioned when you when you you think about your daughters and that makes you happy yeah i was going to ask you a question what is it that you do to make yourself happy sometimes when you're feeling low thank you so much it was a lovely lovely conversation and as always it never disappointed me you are as real as one can get and wish you all the very best uh, have a great time and hopefully when all this is over we'll meet in flesh and blood definitely raj thank you so much such a pleasure to speak to you thank you kushboo thank you so much bye thanks for listening i hope you enjoyed this sochcast what is your soch send us your comments on our facebook page and instagram page it's time for you to do your own sochcast at sochcast apni soch duniya ko sunao